Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Through Brett's house, it's super messy, and I'll be honest, his house in general is not that great. This is where I do my bedding in this area. You know, I see this, like, Brett that likes to work out and eats healthy and really cares about his outward appearance. But his house isn't decorated. There's a lot of a lot of stuff everywhere. I just think my house feels more like a home, and his house is very much a bachelor pad. first sight recap over here at everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry hi how are we doing hope you're well I am hungover trying to push through let's get into it we are at day seven of marriage and the couples are back from Mexico much like the last two seasons they kind of excuse me over the series they kind of mix it up like where what housing the couples go into but think this is going to be the trend trend moving forward is that they are put up in hotel not hotels apartments <laughs> in the same apartment complex as all the other couples uh so we start off with Bennett and Amelia they are both very excited Bennett at one point pops that carrot dress back on and he's like almost like squeaking about how much how excited he is to be there and you know he's very excited about this um sequence of radical and weird events that has happened he's like you know I obviously knew what I was getting myself into because I signed up for the show but as things happen and as we move forward it's like just like a strange and fun turn of events Um, they're going through the apartment, they're going singing, checking out the acoustics in the, uh, closet, they are designating which bathroom is going to be for waste management, let's say, and which bathroom is going to be for hygiene and upkeep. Uh, they are just, like, really stoked. I think Bennett at one point was like running his fingers on the granite countertops in the kitchen and said that his mother said that like granite is a mark of a great home. You can't have a home without a granite countertop. They go to bed, they wake up and Amelia's like, Oh, what did you dream about? And Bennett says that he dreamed about his father teaching him how to put one of those face masks on. And Amelia tells us about the butt masks that one of her Fanta uh, Fanta lady bridesmaids provided for the other women before they got married. And the butt mask is supposed to provide both a firmer butt, but also softer skin, which Bennett found nice. (laughs) I would like to know, like, drop the link, sis. I, you know, want to know, do they work? What happened there? What's the science behind something that is made to both tone and soften um yeah is it a goop product just just let me know uh amelia so basically the crux of this episode is like they're moving to their apartments as a couple but they're also going to visit their primary homes their homes before they got married 
Bennett, as we know, lives in a tiny house. Amelia lives in a mansion with four other people. So they go over to Amelia's house first, and her room is very large. It's, I like to gauge space, you know, as somebody who lives in New York, I like to gauge space by, and this is weird, I admit it, the ability to do a cartwheel. So if you can do a cartwheel in your living room or in your bedroom, that's pretty spacious to me. You could do probably four, maybe even five cartwheels from one wall to the the next. There was enough space for her bed, which was on the floor. There was enough space for um, just everything. Very spacious room she's got going. Uh, Bennett seems kind of intimidated by the fact that it's so large. It's Maybe even larger than his tiny house that we see later. Um, It seems like he's getting more of a feel of Amelia. And much like me, I think he's understanding that maybe she's not as, like, quirky as she, you know, as, as the armpit hair would lead you to believe. She, he goes through her, uh yearbook and finds out that she did sports every year seemed to be kind of a popular girl she was actually the homecoming queen and then it's like wow I really never thought that any point in my life I would be with a girl who was a homecoming queen that was completely out of the realm of possibility when I was in high school uh she seems kind of like you know like very cool girl about it and just kind of laughs at him but yeah, it just seems like she was maybe, like, a little bit uncomfortable with the fact that he uncovered that, which, you know, it's like, whatever. How old are you guys? Over 25? Like, nobody gives a fuck that you're a homecoming queen. Anyway. Um, so they go over to his house. His house is set up behind, it's, like, in the backyard of somebody else's house. Bright blue, <clears throat> doesn't have a bathroom or a kitchen. He uses the facilities of the main house. And it kind of, they kind of make it seem like Amelia's not into it, but then she's like, wow, like, I really love it. And I love that there are, like, little toy alligators hanging by strings under your loft bed. And she really likes the fact that he built it all on his own and, and that she even pointed out that, like, crazy gold elephant hat that he was going to wear to the wedding and she says that he she would have fallen for him immediately had he worn it and she's just like living her best like P.T. Anderson movie fantasy right like loving it um they yeah it basically like she's you know like I love her style she's looking through his clothes and that's basically it the rest of the episode you know, we go to move in, check out the apartments, and then a check-in with Pastor Cal, who is the potster extraordinaire. Hi, guys. So nice to see you. Let's point out some problems. I've noticed I've watched some tape from you guys during your honeymoon. I'm going to pick something and, you know, just drop that bomb and, and see where it goes, right? Cal comes over He asks about, you know, are you guys attracted to each other? Absolutely. They're both on the same page. Uh, Amelia thinks that he's gorgeous. um, But I don't think that they have had sex. So the pot stirring begins with, you know, Bennett. How do you feel about having children? Have you guys had a conversation about that? And, you know, Bennett says... I was pretty much on board in my future to only adopt children, but I decided to keep an open uh, open mind with the experiment, with the show, with the fact that I would probably or possibly be paired with somebody who wanted to have biological children, so I'm actually fine with it. Amelia says, I'm totally open to adopting kids too, just so we're clear. The dynamic that I would prefer is to, you know, work and be a doctor be Dr. Amelia and have my husband be at home, take care of the kids. Bennett is more than fine with that. He's like, you know, writing is my passion. So I have no problem being at home, 
taking him to the playground, getting my writing done in between. Amelia is thrilled about that. She thinks that she's the luckiest girl in the world. Uh, then Kale's like, okay, well, you guys have resolved that. So what else do I have in my bag of tricks? Amelia, you are, you know, you just finished your schooling. Obviously, you're going to have to apply for a residency somewhere. Have you guys had the conversation about possibly moving? Bennett, how do you feel about that? Bennett, not as secure in that situation. You know, he says he feels like he um, has established a lot in New Orleans. He has his house. He has his theater company. He's got a real life there and real roots there. So he's a little bit more insecure about the moving. Okay, well, maybe you should express that. Who's like, <laughs> it's like, well, I think I'll just, you know, we'll get there. We'll cross the bridge when we get there. Pastor Cal's like, do you think that's good? Like, I think these are things that you guys should have to talk about. Like, hey, you notice these cameras behind me? Let's have a conversation here. Let's make some television, shall we? Um, Bennett kind of doesn't really relent. He's like, I just feel like this is something that we're going to have to talk about when it comes. We all know that Amelia applied to be in school in New Orleans. So it's very possible that, you know, that was her first choice. That's where she was planning on going and really wants to go. So we'll see. We'll see. Didn't work this time, Pastor Cal, but my God, you got him with the rest of the couples, didn't you? Let's move on to Karen and Miles. Um, Listen, speaking of Karen and Miles, um, well, no, I'll I'll get back to it later. Surprise, surprise. Karen is apprehensive about moving in with Miles. Wow. Shocker. She's been so compliant this whole time and and really willing to just dive head into this experiment, I can't imagine that she would feel hesitance now and apprehension. Wow, crazy. Karen says she's scared because Miles' dad at the wedding said that Miles was messy. So they go over to his apartment, and Miles is like, my dad hasn't even been to this apartment. He has no idea what he's talking about, so don't worry about that. Really, his apartment was nice. It was cute. Standard apartment. The only thing that was really messy was he had like a pile of like Mardi Gras stuff, costumes, beads, whatever. But, you know, not really a big deal. Karen finds his shoe uh, collection and is like, oh my god, you have so many shoes. I can't believe this. This is really going to make me not trust you. And what kind of man did I marry? She didn't say that, but she wanted to. You know, she wanted to. He has about maybe 20 pairs of sneakers. She's like, oh, look, and you've got shoes on your bed ready to go. There were two pairs. So he had like 22 pairs of shoes. Is it a lot of shoes? Yeah. Is it, is he like Imelda Marcos? Is that the one who had all the shoes? I think so. No, it was fine. So then they go over to her house. Again, another shocker. She is uncomfortable with him even being in the apartment. She says it's because she's never had anybody live with her. But guess what? He's not going to live with you in this apartment. You guys have a different apartment to go to. Why you're uncomfortable that he's even in your apartment, sitting on your couch, is concerning, Karen. What are we doing with... What is she doing? What was she thinking? (laughs) She needs actual therapy not to dive into a marriage headfirst so they go over there at her apartment and lo and behold this chick actually has more shoes than he has it just looks better because they're all in boxes okay miles is being like really playful and roasting her and she's like mm. <laughs> don't say that they're like you can tell that she's just like annoyed by him and it it, it pisses me off frankly because miles is a good guy i think he needs therapy (laughs) because things come up later but i do think that ultimately he's a good guy and he wants to do this and he wants to be married so you know he's just like a marriage guy 
you hit the jackpot. Like, I don't understand what Karen wants. It seems like she wants to be in a toxic relationship. It seems like that's the only thing that makes her comfortable. But then she also seems like she was in that four-year-long relationship and ended up being almost somebody's uh, set mom. So how'd that go for you, Karen? Let's move on. Cal comes over to their apartment and Cal's like, oh, well, you're married now. She's like, yeah, apparently. (laughs) Does it feel like you're married? No, it doesn't. Cal's like, okay, are you guys even attracted to each other? Miles is like, absolutely. Karen says he's handsome. Which I think for a 30-year-old, I think that's a term you use when you're like, yeah, at the, I see that he is attractive, an attractive person, but I am not attracted to him. Y'all feel me? I think that's what she's trying to say. Um, then they go into, he, once he hears that she says that he's handsome, he's like, oh, I love it. And she's like, stop it. But she meant it. And Miles says, you know what? Compliments from Karen are kind of hard to come by. So I kind of relish it when I do get them. And Karen says, she's trying to get out of the mindset of thinking that they're strangers, but it's hard to. And they talk about like affection. Obviously they have not had sex. Seems like the farthest they've gotten is like a handhold. Maybe he gets to touch her shoulders from time to time, a cheek kiss every now and again when she's not looking probably. (laughs) And Miles says, you know, he is a really a lot more affectionate than this in his relationships, but he is trying to meet her where she's at. Karen's like, I'm trying to get used to it, but, you know, I just, it's going to take me a while to, like, you know, he'll, like, come up and hug me from behind or, you know, he'll hold me when we're walking and I'm just not really used to PDA, but, like, then she kind of slips and says that she does like PDA when she's attracted to somebody and into them. She's like... (laughs) y'all oh god why is she here why are you here then basically cal's like you know well karen says you know she's trying to get used to him and she worries about trusting that who she's getting that the miles that she has been presented to this past week she's worried that like that is going to change that he is going to change and she worries about who miles might be in the future then she starts tearing up because she says she's afraid. Cal asks what she's afraid of. And she says she's afraid of getting hurt and she doesn't know how it's going to work with him. Ugh, the tears start flowing. And I just have to say that, like, Karen is everything that Amani isn't. And I had it wrong. I thought when we met the individuals... That Amani was going to be the one who, like, wouldn't be able to let go. Who was going to be stuck, a stick in the mud, not going to be able to, like, fully embrace and enjoy the experiment. And that Karen might be. This was before we realized that she looked at Miles' Instagram. Completely different now. Karen is not letting go of the past at all. And she's letting it define her future and her present with miles. So pastor Cal asked miles like, okay, well, why don't you tell Karen how you feel when you just heard that she's, you know, afraid of something happening in the future. And miles says, listen, I'm all in and I see the reasons why we were matched And I hope that you feel some comfort in the fact that I'm here. I'm doing the work. I see the vision. You know, like, how do you convince somebody that who you are is who you are? You know, like, how do you... I don't know how you get past that, frankly. And I think it's a very hard thing to do. Somebody doesn't really want to believe that the person they're being presented 
is their real authentic self, then I don't know. I don't know how you, I really don't know how you get past that. Most of the time it's because they're fake as fuck and they're frauds. But I think in this case, I think Miles is really like, listen, I think Miles wants to be married. And what he says coming up is like, kind of like, I can just make it work with anybody provided they want to be on the same page as me and they're happy. I'm happy. He literally says that like, I Cal. Okay. It's basically the conversation is basically about how Karen's uncomfortable, how she may or may not be getting what she wants. And Cal, I love that. He said this, like miles, you need to understand that like you're in this relationship too. And what is it that you want? Because this isn't just about Karen. And Miles says, you know, he does tend to put his feelings on the back burner. And this is where I was officially done with Karen. Like, I was 90% done when she said last week that him saying that he, uh, that, uh, sorry, him, <laughs> that him, um, having clinical depression was a red flag for her because she really wanted a masculine man. 80% done with her. This put this over the line. So Miles just says, you know, I, I don't, Karen says, don't put your feelings on the back burner. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need in a relationship because, I want to see the real you and maybe that's not who, maybe the real you is not who I want. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Karen has not done a damn thing to put any effort into this relationship. She has not put in any effort towards making Miles happy. She's not put in any effort at all. All she sits and does is fucking eats and goes to sleep and calls Miles a liar, basically. How do you hear... Miles, why don't you express what you need in a relationship and turn it into maybe what he needs is not going to be something that I can provide and I need to know that so I can get out of this relationship really quickly. Like, why are you not trying, like, why is that, why would that be your reaction 
to somebody simply saying what they need in a, in a relationship. Why would you take that so negatively? (laughs) I thought you wanted a masculine man who like was the head of the household and made all the decisions. But as soon as he speaks up for himself, like you don't want to hear it. So what is the truth? I'm very confused. Cal, thankfully, repeats, Miles, you need to express what you need. And Cal tells both of them, like, it's not happy wife, happy life. It's happy spouse, happy house. Like, both of you guys need to get your needs met. So, Karen, it's not about all whether or not Miles is potentially tricking you. Because you don't like him anyway. (laughs) So I don't know what you're scared of. And Miles, you need to actually like think about what it is that you need in a relationship. And see if see if Karen can live up to that. How about that, Karen? Why don't we flip the flip the sides, Karen? Maybe you're not the one for him, Karen. Okay? Maybe maybe you're not providing what he needs, Karen. And I'm going to tell you right now, Karen, you're not, Karen. Because you're not doing anything, Karen. Ugh. Next. Let's move to Woody and Amani. They are the crown jewels of my show. And by my show, I mean the show. So, I just love them. I did not love Cal trying to stir the pot on them. But I think it was a necessary conversation that needed to be had. So Woody's excited to move. Sorry. Amani says they go to their apartment first. And Amani's like really excited. They're, they go out on the porch. And Woody's doing his little Woody dance. And talking about how excited he is to go grill steaks. And go to the pool. And... Amani says, you know, she's really excited because he's exactly, Woody's exactly what she wanted. And she really loves spending time with him. So Pastor Cal comes over to dig into the deep issues. They actually have him come over. I'm sure this is editing before they actually go and see each other's apartment. So Woody says, you know, he asks them, like, are you guys attracted to each other? Yeah, Woody says, you know, of course I was physically attracted to her, but... I needed somebody who's going to be open and honest with me and tell me what they need. Karen, are you hearing that? And just have that open dialogue and I'm getting that with her and I love it. Um, Pastor Cal asks if they had sex. Of course we know that they have. And he's like, well, I don't want to get too personal, but are you guys using protection? And apparently there was one time where they didn't and you know they're a little bit embarrassed about that Woody apparently wanted to have a honeymoon baby (laughs) sir (laughs) excuse me Cal um then asked like what are y'all's boundaries. Do you guys have deal breakers? Have you expressed those? What's the deal? Woody says, you know, that he doesn't like surprises. He feels like, you know, people should have conversations about things, couples. And he's like, what if she just like decided to cut her hair and had like a drastic change? Like, I wouldn't like that. And of course, Imani, the strong black queen that she is, is like, what do you mean? Like, if I went and decided that I wanted to be bald one day or have, like, really short hair, you wouldn't be attracted to me anymore? And he was like, no. (laughs) This becomes obviously a problem. They start going back and forth about consent, really, and how Amani should have the right to do whatever she wants with her looks. And that shouldn't drastically change his physical attraction to to her. And Cal says, well, what if she... (laughs) This isn't funny. Cal says, well, what if she got alopecia? And he was like, oh, well, that's a different thing. That's like a sickness that you can't help. Like, that I have no problem... Well, you know, that is not going to change my attraction to her. It's not something that she chose to do, right? 
Um, and so Lonnie's like, you know, then, then, sorry, then Woody says, well, what if I just decided to, I came home and I told you I quit my job? And Lonnie's like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> because I can have a bald head and I'm still going to go to work the next day. You not having a job affects both of us, not my hair. And so the cue to the dramatic music. Um, Amani asks, like, if, if I cut my hair and you don't like it, so all this attraction that you have to me is going to fall to the wayside? And he was like, no. Then he kind of gets into why he feels triggered about not having conversations as a couple in his, one of his past relationships. I think he said that they wanted to have a child and they, she got pregnant. The girl ended up having an abortion without his knowledge. Now there's a conversation to be had about that. Obviously, I don't think he had an issue with the fact that she had an abortion. I think he had an issue with the fact that she didn't tell him. Is it every man's business? Not necessarily. Is it... I mean, I think if you guys were talking about having children and then she had decided to have an abortion, that's a conversation. But it's really more of a conversation. That's a bigger conversation about where your relationship is, period, I would imagine. Because if you're saying you want to have kids with somebody and then you have an abortion behind his back, not behind his back, but like without his knowledge... I think there you guys have larger problems, right? But Amani's like, I totally, I understand where you're coming from. I get that. But they end up resolving it. Saying like, you know, we can have discussions about things, but just so you know, like, you're not running shit around here. <laughs> I think Woody... I don't think Woody really changed his mind and I think he probably wouldn't be as attracted to her if she cut her hair short. But I think he relented because he likes her and he didn't want to have an argument. I really don't think he changed his mind. I think he just said that, (laughs) frankly. Um, So then they go to each other's houses. Woody lives with his grandma and... He's like, you know, I honestly kind of thought at first when I moved in, it would be really awkward because I didn't know how she would feel about me bringing women home. And, you know, what if they're walking around in t-shirts and no pants on? And he's like, but you know what? She's she's great with it. She has no problem. <laughs> Amani uh, takes a tour of his room. Obviously, the decor of the house is very grandma-y. And the decor in Rudy's room is basically what you would expect. There's a hat wall. There's a lot of, you know, you get that brocade jacket. It it just looks, it's very bachelor, right? Amani's like, I just, are you planning on bringing this hat wall to our home? Because I don't view that as decor. <laughs> Woody says, well, maybe I'll have it in my closet. She's like, okay, in the, in the closet. Uh, they go to her house and Woody, you know, her house is cute. Woody says he's mostly just looking forward to seeing what her style is because image is very important to him. Clothes are very, and fashion is very important to him. And thank God for that because Amani's got the closet on deck. Every outfit that you can imagine, she's going through her closet saying, we'll take this. I'll take that. These pink jeans. I wear this blazer. I like this. Are we going to go on a date? I should probably get a nice dress for a date. Oh, this is cute. I be wearing this. I wear this a lot. And the clothes are just piling up. Woody's like, thank God I work out because I got the biceps to hold all these clothes. And they get into this really cute conversation about how, oh, I'm so glad I'm married now. Is perfect. I can just use you, you know, why don't you take these clothes to the register? I'll come back. I'll have some more for you. <laughs> They're just really cute. And I just love their banter and just the way that they can like joke around with each other. I really, there's really like nothing more attractive to me than a guy who appreciates a woman who's funny 
and they can go back and forth like that. And I just, you love to see it. I just love them. They warm my heart. And I'm glad I did them because now I'm going to have to go down in the dirt <sighs> with these other couples. <sighs> Let's start with Brett and Olivia. So they go to Olivia's place first and Brett thinks it's kind of sterile. She, her parents own a, an antique shop and a lot of her decorations are from there. Her style was really not my thing. Um, was it sterile? Not really, but it wasn't necessarily homey either. Uh, so she lives, I guess, in the uptown area, which is, I guess, like the cool, coveted part of town. And Brett lives further away. And he says, you know, her place is kind of far from where he works. Olivia would really like for them after the experiment to move into her house. Uh, Brett would like for them to move into his place that he owns. He throws her a little shade and he's like, you know, she rents this place, which is like truly a waste of money. And yeah, so she is not impressed by his place when they get there and she's like looking around at it. And he, I think he said it was like, like going to a funeral and is really like, she could not hide the fact that she didn't like it. And I was very confused because honestly, I didn't really think that his place was, I didn't think that her place was much nicer than his, frankly, <laughs> it would have been a real toss up for me. Actually, in terms of the actual makeup of the house, I liked his better. He had a really big kitchen. It, I mean, again, it was a bachelor pad. He had like those big computer screens that you use for gaming. I guess he does a lot of construction. So he had, you know, like construction stuff inside. It seems like you would keep it in a garage I don't know if you would keep like a table saw in your home, but you know, I'll give you that Olivia, <laughs> but ultimately his house wasn't really that worse. He had, you know, he could have taken out the trash before he left for his honeymoon. That's for sure. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, so uh, basically, they go to their apartment. Pastor Cal's like, you know what? Excuse me. Brett is saying that he's happy that Pastor Cal came over because things have been a little bit tense between them. And I'm wondering, what have we not seen? I mean, we saw that conversation about the seven, the grading their relationship as seven. But I feel like there's probably more that we haven't seen. So Brett says that he's really attracted to her. As soon as he wa she was walking down the aisle, he was really into her. She's very attracted to her. Olivia wants to take things slow and Cal's like, well, are there times where you want to be affectionate? And she's like, yeah, there are times <laughs> that I want to take it there. She compliments Brett on owning his own home and working towards his career. I think there are certifications that she said that he wants to get and she's really happy about that, but she does make a lot more money than him as a nurse practitioner and you know what? Let me pause and see what exactly the salary of a nurse practitioner is. Okay, so the average salary in Louisiana is about one hundred and five thousand dollars. So he's probably making like thirty-five, maybe forty. So she says, you know, she's really happy that he's like trying to further his career. She really has no problem with the fact that he makes less money. Um, he keeps referring to her as loaded, <laughs> and. But, you know, she still has a lifestyle that she wants to maintain. If she wants to go to a Saints game, she's going to go. She really likes to travel. That is something that she was really looking forward to doing with her husband. And that's just how it is. 
She has no intention of changing that. So she goes to Brett, like, are you not going to go to a Saints game with me? He's like, no, I probably won't because I can't afford it. She's like, well, but I want you to go. And he's like, okay, well, you're going to have to pay for it then. And she's like, well, I'm not going to pay for it. And he's like, okay, well, there we are. Um, This is what I said last week. It's like, you can't force somebody into living your lifestyle if it's going to be at the detriment of their financial status. And we find out that she's in debt. I guess she had mentioned to him, like, she wanted to learn how to budget more, get herself out of debt. And Brett's like, you know, I scrape. I saved a lot to be able to buy a house and to own it. And I am really trying to save and squirrel away from my retirement. And even one vacation would be a blow to my future retirement. So they start getting into it about the budgeting and how she doesn't know how to budget. And her argument is, well, I have a budget for entertainment. Part of my budget is the thing, are the things that I want to do. Traveling, going to Saints games, whatever. And he's like, well, that's not a budget. A budget is not doing things and saving the difference, right? (laughs) And I get where he's coming from completely. She's in a place, I mean, but they were really, like, nasty to each other about it. So he now, like, it seems like he looks down on her and the fact that she's renting her place, the fact that she's in debt, The fact that she spends money on vacations and stuff like that. And he looks at it as like a bad thing. I don't think he, it seems like he takes it very personally though. And that's what I think is very weird. I I don't know how to describe it. He, it's just like, I don't know. Even Cal points out that like, you guys have differences and you get very personal with each other and you start throwing jabs at each other. And like, how do we resolve this? And I think this is like a really weird place for them to be a week in, you know, (laughs) like seven days in, if you guys are really like bickering at each other and finding things to actually like use as ammo against each other, that's weird. I don't like that. Um, So, (laughs) Olivia starts to cry, and Brett gets up, and the editors were so funny, because they start this, like, dramatic music, like, da-da-da, da-da-da, where's Brett going, where's he doing, is he gonna walk out, is he gonna walk up, what's happening, drama, he literally just got up to get her Kleenex, because she was crying, so, (laughs) four seconds of, like, Oh, and then we go back into like this romantic music because he's like suddenly a good guy that got her some Kleenex. Um, so they, I mean, basically that was it. They kind of resolve it, and basically they just kind of like put down each, put down their swords. That was really it. Ooh, this is bad, y'all. Real bad. And speaking of bad. <laughs> Let's end on Henry and Christina. Oh my god, y'all. This Henry and Christina gave me life this week. Everything that they, you know, they were they've been giving us nothing these past few episodes. This was everything to me. Henry? Sir. Henry had some words, didn't he? Woo! Oh, I'm loving it. Let's get into it. They get to their apartment first and Henry actually cracks like maybe three quarters of a smile. He's excited about this apartment. Christina's walking around. She's talking about all the things that she hates and what she wants to move and how she's going to feng shui it. And Henry's still excited, but you can tell that he's like, "Ah, this bitch. (laughs) We've not been in this apartment for 30 seconds and she's already complaining. Um, so Henry lives in a studio 
they go to visit. It's like a pretty cute studio. It's got, it's like a multi-level, like a split-level studio somehow. So his room and the living space is on top. And then you take like maybe three or four steps down. There's a very small kitchen and then a bathroom. Um, Christina keeps remarking about how small everything is and... You know, I, I'm used to, I, I don't have to have a lot of space, but this is very small. But we learn that Henry really is like a mama's boy. He goes home for food. He'll steal leftovers. So when she opens up the refrigerator and freezer and all we see is some bread, some eggs, and an opened pocket, box of Hot Pockets, who could be surprised? I really wanted to see what flavor... I think your preferred Hot Pocket flavor says a lot about you, so I really wanted to see what it was. I want to say maybe it was like a pepperoni pizza, which is respectful, respectable, because there's a little bit of kick to it. And we find out later that Henry has got a little spice to him, doesn't he? <laughs> I was loving it. <laughs> um, so they take some knickknacks from his studio and they leave. And then they go out to the car, pack up the stuff, and he's like, okay, well, let's go to your place. And Christina's like, oh, well, I actually, like, packed everything in my car, and so, like, you know, half of my stuff is in California anyway, and, but I have everything that I need in my car, like, in the back seat. so, and Henry's like, okay. We see him in a talking head saying, well, I thought she said she lived in the CBD area, downtown area. We get a flashback to her saying that at the wedding. She lived downtown. He's like, I think I heard that, but maybe I heard it wrong. I thought she had a place. It seems like maybe she doesn't. <laughs> Big question mark on that. Um, so they go back to the apartment. And they move some furniture around to her liking. And they sit down, have some wine. The first thing she's doing is, like, complaining. And you can just see him, like, (laughs) just, like, the life just slowly draining out of Henry. So, Basher Hal comes over. And he asks them how they're feeling. And Christina's like, you know, I do see glimpses of Henry being really awesome. And, ooh, before before we get that, they're talking... About, like, oh, what are you looking forward to? And Henry says to Christina, like, oh, you know, like, I'm a pretty laid-back guy. Like, just tell me if there's something that you don't like about how I'm living. No problem. I'm pretty neat. But, like, you know, if there's an issue, just let me know. And, you know, like, sorry in advance for all the parties that I'm going to be having. And she's like, what? And he's like, you know, I might have some when you're not away, not a not here because she is a flight attendant and has gone three days out of the week. She's like, well, are you going to invite me to any of these parties? And he's like, yeah, if you're here, (laughs) I don't think he was joking. Christina said that she doesn't think that he's going to have any parties at all. And I think he might be. And I think he's going to be having them specifically when she's flying. So Cal comes over. And like I said, Christina says, I see glimpses of Henry being really awesome. But again, I'm used to somebody who's a little bit more aggressive and we find out that they haven't really kissed or done anything since the wedding day. Um, Henry says in terms of their relationship, you know, is kind of like relationships are kind of like songs. There's one that you hear, you know, he's a Taylor Swift fan. So maybe you hear Shake It Off and... You love it immediately, and then you listen to it a lot, and it kind of fizzles out for you. But maybe you listen to, like, Love Story. I don't know. Is that the one? I think that's the song. I don't like Taylor Swift, y'all. Sorry. Um, maybe you listen to Love Story, and it's kind of a slow burner for you, and and you grow to really like it. And I think that we might be, like, in a situation where we grow to like each other, meaning I don't really fuck with this bitch, but I'm hoping... That maybe the ties will turn on that. <laughs> so 
Cal asks if Henry if he finds her attractive, and he's like, I do, and he looks at her and says, I do think that you're an attractive woman, but I kind of feel like we're more of in a friendship because I feel like sometimes you can be like, you know, kind of impatient or high maintenance, and we've seen how she's treated production. We've seen her complain about things. I don't think she's really done it directly to him, other than saying, like, I would just prefer that you be more aggressive. But how you treat other people goes a long way. And how she treats production has to be very annoying I would and uncomfortable to watch for Henry. His face is ticking away. You can tell that he's, like, nervous. He doesn't really want to say this. But basically, he's like, I don't really like this chick. <laughs> so now we said it. Now we know Henry nutted the fuck up and was like, you think I'm not aggressive and it's not that I can't be. It's just that I don't really like you. Damn. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I just couldn't imagine being Christina and be like, oh, I like him and I'm attracted to him and I want this to work. He's not aggressive because he doesn't like me. <laughs> Oof. Toof, stoof, y'all. That is rough. Damn. Um, so Cal is like, you know, Christina's maybe more of a fiery girl. And Christina's standing in the corner like, damn, I just hit with this ball. This, like, bomb of... He thinks I suck. Now Pastor Cal's calling me fiery. Like, I can't win for losing here. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say poor Christina because she clearly brought all of this on herself. But, like, y'all, that was so funny to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Henry spoke. And what he said. Chef's kiss, y'all. Cal suggested they, like, maybe start talking about deeper issues. Talk about, like, really try to get to know each other. Talk about where you guys land on having children. What are your, you know, what are your likes and what are your dislikes? Not just these surface conversations. Maybe you'll like what you see then, Henry. Good luck, girl. Good luck, because (laughs) the preview for next episode. (laughs) Ooh! Henry got a uh, real spicy, didn't he? Real spicy. Oh, I cannot wait. All right, y'all. Let's. That's the end of it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I am. Said it before. I'll say it again. I love the season, and if Henry's gonna talk and say the things that he says and walk out, I'm fucking here for it. Oh, God bless. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.